Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the ChrisCast. I'm your host, Chris. Joining me once again by Facebook Messenger is Paul. Say hello, Paul. Hello, hello, hello. Um, I'm going to steer clear of the political news this week. I've got a couple kind of political uh, stories. You're, you're staying clear of it, but i got to say one thing about it. But anyway, go ahead. First up, this is from NPR earlier today. The Biden administration will give out 400 million free N95 masks. Have you seen this yet? I've already signed up for it. Oh, N95 masks? I've yeah. seen that, but I signed up for my COVID test. It says the government will ship masks from its, its stockpile starting at the end of the week. Some will be available late next week with more available in early February, the White House told reporters. The move comes after the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention updated its guidance last week to emphasize N95s and as the government starts to mail at-home test kits to Americans. The masks will be available through pharmacies in the Federal Retail Pharmacy Program, which includes major grocery stores and retail pharmacy chains. So we just go walking into the grocery store and say, hey, I want my N95. Well, you got to go to the pharmacy and ask them. That's what I'm saying. But... Four hundred million will be given out. Wow! Which this is so much better prevention than maybe we should look into injecting disinfectant. Jesus Christ! Because you know, one day like a miracle, it's going to be gone real soon. You know, Chris. Now that we're talking about this a little bit, I had I went back and forth with a with a Trumper on Instagram this past week. Why do you do that? You're gonna get banned. Blah blah blah. Isn't that what you always tell me? Yeah, but I was on Instagram, not Facebook. They're owned by the same people, dummy. Yeah, but you don't see it on Facebook. You don't see what I said on Facebook. Ding ding. No, but I'm saying you. You always fuss at me for going after going at these people, and you're doing the exact same thing you're telling me not he to do. A, the thing is, he posted a picture of Trump's latest thing in Florida, and it's like thousands and thousands of people that are wearing no masks. And he's like, biggest, the, the caption was biggest something something um, Republican rally, and blah, 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 blah. I wrote back to him, I chimed in, and I said, I said, "Wow! All these QAnon conspiracy theorists all gathered in under the same in the same area with no mask on." I said, "It's almost like a conspiracy that the GOP doesn't want any of their voters to vote because they want them all to die." <laughs> Basically, they're all dropping like flies because they're not getting vaccinated. And they're not wearing masks. Oh. I said, "It's just less Republicans to vote in the upcoming election." And he didn't like that too good. <laughs> Oh, it's Glenn Beck is now second time within a year infected with COVID and apparently not doing all that well with it this time and he was big anti-vaxxer, so. You know, uh, what do they say? Um, um, uh, Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. No, did you see another one? on Trump, well, I have to say this. Did you see what broke today on today's news? That the, the Supreme Court ruled that his they have to release the documents. Yeah, that and the other thing too about uh, Eric Trump. I didn't really pay much attention to that. Eric Trump pled 
500 times. The fifth. He pleaded the fifth <laughs> about his taxes. Well, you know what Trump said about pleading the fifth. Yeah, and I'm like, he pled the fifth 500 times? Yep. 500 times about them investigating the taxes? Wow. So, but, yeah. But it's they're perfectly innocent. They're, they're being framed, don't you know? If they're not going to get them on the January 6th insurrection, they're going to get them on the taxes. That's exactly Hey, that's fine. Like, like I said, that's how they got Capone. I don't care yeah. how they get him as long as they get him. Yeah. Make him so. ineligible to run ever again. But, yeah. but another one, it's kind of political because of what I'm going to say about it, but... The, this is from NBC News. Red Cross makes desperate plea for blood donations, saying hospitals may face shortages. Here's where I'm going to get political with it. You know, if they change their antiquated policies that they just recently updated slightly, they could get more people to donate blood. What happened? If you are a gay man, before they change the policies... You absolutely could not give blood for any reason because you're gay. They since changed it to you've you had to have been celibate for the last year if you're a gay man. So, you know, you've you've kind of cast out a whole group of people there that you could be getting blood from that's good and healthy. But well, you're refusing to allow it, so. Well, let me tell you a little story about that. I used to be a regular donor to Red Cross. And they would send me letters and all this other stuff. And I, I came to them many times throughout the year. Until one of the nurses is a gay nurse. And he was working the Red Cross thing. And he recognized me. And would you believe he turned me away? Huh? And after all those years of me giving... Well, by the same token, he that, turned his me job. Away. And I stopped getting letters in the mail about getting donating blood. And my blood was squeaky clean and still is today. Well, let, let me just remind you is it his fault for their policy or their fault for their policy? Yeah. So. But moving on, got some food news again this week. Did you see that Kit Kat has announced two new flavors? No, why? I don't know if the one I might eat, but the other one I don't see me eating. That's the strawberry and dark chocolate. Mm. I'm not a fan of dark chocolate, and I'm not a fan of strawberries. So I, I love strawberries. I won't be trying that one, most likely. The other one... Could be good, could be bad. Chocolate hazelnut. Uh, I'll try it. Uh, they did have a key lime pie that I found in the store. Key lime pie flavored Kit Kat. But I thought it tasted more like lemon cake than anything. So Yeah, we was, got this. There's um, um, a girl that works in my office. I feel like I've got chocolate on my lips. I do. I mean chocolate chip cookies. And I put them in the microwave to melt the chocolate in them, and I got chocolate on my lips. Well, nobody can see you, Paul, so nobody cared. 
Liked them, but like I said, it, it didn't really taste like key lime. It tasted more like lemon cake. So, and we got some orange ones in for Halloween. I forget what those tasted about, but they were orange. But anyways, but but another food item. This is at Lay's.com Golden Grounds. I don't know if you've heard of this one. For the first time ever, we made chips with potatoes grown in fields mixed with soil from NFL Home Grounds. Why? What? They, got, what? they got the soil out of the home field of different NBA t- or NFL teams, and they grew potatoes in it and made the chips from them. It's, Why is that news? I mean, it's dirt. It says, want a chance to win a bag of these legendary twips, or chips? Tweet us at, and show your fandom. Why is that? I mean... It's, I, a, it's a sweepstakes they're doing. It started... It's supposed to make it taste differently, but because there's a bunch of big sweaty men that tackled each other on top of the ground? No. And the sweepstakes the, began and January 11th at 8 a.m. and ends on January 25th at 11.59 and 59 seconds p.m. But, I guess, you, well, I, I don't even know how the contest is going to work. I'm not going to go through all the rules here, but, no, I'm just thinking, like saying, um, well, no, what I'm saying is, you, wait, quit interrupting me! You know what? Hush your mouth! Hanging up. You can do this by yourself. Bye. Whatever. But, I'm trying to point out, like, there, it's, each individual team is shown on the bags here. And does the sweepstakes winner pick the the chips for their team that they want? Or do they just randomly give you bags of chips? And is it going to be one for each team that wins? So, but you can go to lays.com slash golden grounds. All the rules are there if you're interested in finding out. Like I said, I just... I don't really care enough to find out, so... But it, it seems like if it's a on-demand when you win, you got a long wait before you get those potatoes grown and turned into potato chips in the bags and sent to you, so... That's what I'm saying. I don't understand how the contest is working, but... But anyways... That just sounds weird. I mean, it's like me going... Um, I went to South Dakota, the black, to the Black Hills of South Dakota, and dug up some dirt there and brought it back to grow you some potatoes so I can have South Hills or South Gold or whatever it is, potatoes. Okay. Your potatoes with. Let, let me put it something that might be more conducive to your joy, because neither one of us are NFL fans, really. Suppose they had done the same thing with soil from the Neverland Ranch. Oh shit, now you're talking my game now. Now do you see, it's it's all on your fandom. If you care about the NFL, these chips are going to be something special for you. For me, it's not really anything, so... Speaking of Neverland Ranch, did you see where it got sold? 
I saw something that I didn't pay much attention. Yeah, one of Michael Jackson's friends bought it. It was up for $100 million. Guess how much you ended up selling for? I have no clue. $22 million. Yep, bankruptcy will do that to you. So, yeah, he ended up buying that uh, for $22 million. So, um... One of Michael's uh, lifelong friends bought it, so I don't know what his plans are for Neverland Ranch, but um, he's got, you know, business as usual. The animals are still there and feeding the animals. There's uh, animals on the zoo, and it showed pictures. Um, I follow Paris Jackson on Instagram, and just last week she went and visited Neverland Ranch and uh, went to the house, you know, went went to the grounds and saw the animals and the llamas and stuff, and so she said is she said she's going back home today and she spent the whole day at Neverland. So I thought that was pretty cool that they let her do that. Yeah. I mean, who's really gonna turn her down? Yeah. What kind it's, of jerk would you have Jackson. to be to turn her down to come back to the house? Yeah. It's like parents I mean it's like where she was raised, so It's like it's like saying Lisa Marie can't come to Graceland. So Yeah. But but more food news. I don't know if you saw this on the t- from today.com. Oreo is celebrating its 110th birthday with a brand new flavor. No, oh. what is it? Oreo is turning 110 on March 6, 2022, and when there's a birthday that big in the works, it's worthy of a big party. Oreo will be celebrating the big birthday with a new flavor in the form of a limited edition Oreo chocolate confetti cake cookie. It is extra festive because it features rainbow sprinkles both in and on the cookie, and also a double layer of cream. The cookie has the signature cream with added sprinkles, but the addition of a chocolate cake-flavored cream as well. So... I'll buy some. I would try them. I don't know if they're going to be good, because I'm not big on the double-stuffed, so I don't know how these are going to be with two different flavored creams. Now, I saw... And Target, um, last time I was in there, last week or so, and um, they got double chocolate, like double chocolate cake Oreos out or something like that. Double layer chocolate cake Oreos, I think it's what it's called. And I thought, that sounds interesting. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the, the picture here, and the, the cookies actually look like they're half creamed. Like the the chocolate cream and the white cream are half the amount that usually goes into them to make the regular amount of cream in the cookie, if that makes sense. So instead of being the double stuffed, it's the regular cream in the Oreos. So that's a plus right there because, I, like I said, I don't care for the double stuffed. It's too much. I love double stuffed. And also I love the mega stuffed one. I've never had them. Don't plan on it because I didn't like the double stuffed. Okay, I'm pulling out. I have to look at it myself. But I I will say I love the peanut butter Oreos. They were really good. The mint Oreos I always enjoyed. I love them. Yeah. Oh, here they are. Well, that looks interesting. Uh, Yeah, it looks like 
there's one layer of cream and one layer of chocolate. Yeah, but it's I'm saying yeah. it's it's like half the normal of the chocolate and half the normal of the white, which makes it the regular cream feeling. Uh, I can't really because they don't look, look like the it. like the the cream. Hold on, it's I'm gonna, not I'm screenshot it so I can make it bigger. It it looks like the the cream equals out to a regular white cream Oreo. I see that now, yeah. I think you're right. So, so that to me is a plus. I would definitely try them. And I think you're right. I think that looks like it's the equal amount of a regular Oreo. So. Huh. I don't see... Oh, here it is. Oreo is turning 110 on March 6th, so... I, it should be somewhere in the next month or so that they come out, I would think. Probably within less than a month. Beginning January 31st. So, yep. We just have a few days. Yeah, you know, probably, you know, your big box stores will get them, like Walmart and Target. And I don't know. Walmart, Walmart misses a lot of special flavored Oreos. I'll probably go to Target and check it out. Or I bet Lowe's Foods will carry them. Because, remember, Lady Gaga had those Oreos, and they never came to the Walmart around us. I'll go to, um, I saw those Lady Gaga Oreos somewhere. I think it was at Target. I think it was. And I didn't go grab a bag. I thought I should grab a bag just to collect them because it's, you know, the bag. But no, I didn't. But, well, um, when it comes to collecting food items, it's just, for me, it's kind of iffy. Like, Doritos had the Wonder Woman bags. It's like, if you hold on to it without opening it, it's more valuable in the long run. But then you've got bad food in this bag. Will it start to decay after amount of time? You know, it's like... Well, one of my friends, whenever um, Taylor Swift, like, tied Michael Jackson's... Uh, record uh they Pepsi came out with a Taylor Swift cans commemorating that and I got those uh that case like the 12 pack of one of my friends got those for me commemorating uh, her record uh for Diet Pepsi so I got those um those were bought for me those are actually pretty cool looking uh the box and the cans are so I got those they're just sitting in my cabinet. I'm afraid they're going to start leaking one day. Yeah. We have, I think we have some of the, the bottles and with the Richard Petty on them. I don't know where they're at at this point. Mom got them. And I know one of the bottles did leak out, but the others did not. And that was glass bottles with the, the little metal cap. So that's much easier to leak out than the others. But if only one of them leaked out, cans probably won't. Unless you now get them wet can, and rusty. I've, um, I've got some of the Michael Jackson Pepsi cans whenever Michael Jackson passed away. They came out with the tall, skinny cans with him posing like with his arms out like that and his jacket on, his legs crossed, you know. And his hair on fire? Um, fuck you, Chris. <laughs> and um, so they came, Pepsi came out with that can and I bought several of them to collect. I kept one on the edge of my desk at work, and finally, 
somehow, some way, it started leaking out from underneath the can onto my desk, and it's like pure thick syrup after about, you know, he's been dead since 2009, 2019, 20. It started leaking out sometime last year, so it was about 12 years. It started leaking, so I just threw the can away and cleaned up all that syrup crap off my desk. But yeah. So... Uh, moving on, though, the kind of food, but not food. Campbell's Soup is making two limited edition candles. One mm, is chicken noodle soup. The other is tomato soup and grilled cheese. Mm, who's going to be putting these out for them? Uh, I'm on foodandwine.com. I don't know if it says... The package is just Campbell's. It doesn't have anybody listed but them. The cans are kind of cool. There's snow. It's a snowman and looks like a snow woman. Yes, eyelashes on there with little blush on her cheeks. That's cute. Where can I buy these at? They're priced at twenty four dollars each. I'm looking at that now. $24? I don't think I'll do that. Available today at both camp.com slash Campbell's and in camp stores in New York, New Jersey, Dallas, and Connecticut. So apparently it's camp that's putting them out. I'm going to go to the website. Oh, it's going to... Oh, they're available on January 12th. Yeah, they're out now. they're available now. I'm going to go right quick to their website. Now, I don't have anything more to say on those, so while you're going to the website, I'm going to start going over the Glad Media nominations. They were released today. Dolly Parton's birthday, by the way, January 19th. For English language categories, outstanding film wide release, The Eternals, Everyone's ta- Everybody's Talking About Jamie, The Mitchells vs. The Machines, Tick Tick Boom, and West Side Story. For limited release, Breaking Fast, Gossamer Folds, The Obituary of Tundee Johnson, Parallel Mothers, Plan B, Port Authority, Shiva Baby, Swan Song, Tume Manke, however you say it, I don't know, and Twilight's Kiss. Uh, coming down here to Outstanding Comedy Series, Dickinson, Jennified, Love Victor, and I really don't consider Love Victor a comedy. The other two... Saved by the Bell, Sex Education, Shrill, Special, Twenties, and Work in Progress. Outstanding Drama Series, 911 Lone Star, Batwoman, The Chi, Doom Patrol, which I cannot brag on enough how good that show is and how much everybody needs to be watching it. Good Trouble, Grey's Anatomy, The L Word Generation Q, Pose, Star Trek Discovery, and Supergirl. Outstanding new TV series, The 4400, Chucky, Hacks, Harlem, The Long Call, The Six Lives of College Girls, Sort of, With Love, Why the Last Man, and Yellow Jackets. And Paul's showing me that they're sold out on the Campbell's soup can, can, or candles, both of them. Not available. For 24 bucks, they can have them. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to go to Amazon. Outstanding TV movie. 
The Christmas House 2 Deck Those Halls, The Fear Street Trilogy, Nash Bridges, Single All the Way, and Under the Christmas Tree. Outstanding Limited or Anthology Series, Dope Sick, Halston, It's a Sin, and It's a Sin is really, really good as well, by the way. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend that one. Little Birds, Love Life, Master of None Presents Moments in Love, Rurangi, Station Eleven, Vigil, and The White Lotus. I'm skipping past the reality program. Outstanding children's program, I'm going to skip on past. Uh, kids and family programming, I'm skipping. Outstanding music artists, Brandy Carlisle, Brockhampton and Roadrunner, Demi Lovato, uh, Elton John, uh, Halsey, Katranda, Lil Nas X, Melissa Etheridge, Mickey Blanco, St. Vincent, Arlo Parks, Sean, I guess is how you say it, Girl in Red, Jake Wesley Rogers, Japanese Breakfast, Jay Oladokun, uh, Lauren Jaregi, Lily Rose, Lucy Dacus, and Vincent. This outstanding comic book. The Aquaman The Becoming, Barbalian Red Planet, Crush and Lobo, The Dreaming Waking Hours, Guardians of the Galaxy, Harley Quinn The Animated Series, The Eat Bang Kill Tour, Killer Queens, Star Wars Dr. Aphra, Superman Son of Kal-El, which made so many people mad, and Wind, Outstanding Original Graphic Novel or Anthology, Cheer Up, Love and Pom Poms, DC Pride Anthology, 80 Days, The Girl from the Sea, Girl Haven, I Am Not Starfire, Marvel's Voices Pride Anthology, Renegade Rule, The Secret to Superhuman Strength, and Shadow Life. And skipping all the journalism, print articles here. It looks like that's about what's left. Outstanding blog, I'm not a special recognition, and in Spanish language categories I won't know anything about, so... But, lots of nominees this year, I'm noticing. And some of them extremely packed in the categories. But the outstanding TV movie, I don't know how the Christmas House 2 deck those halls got into it. It's better than the Christmas House. Way better than the Christmas House. It's still... Hallmark schlocky Christmas movie. Yeah. So. But anyways. Let's see. When is the awards? April 2nd. No. It was, it was, award ceremonies will take place in person at the Beverly Hilton in Los Angeles on April 2nd. And at the Hilton Midtown in New York City on May 6th. So. They're having live in-person awards this year, but two different days over a month apart. I'm not sure what the deal is with that. Maybe they're hoping to infect more people with different variants of COVID between the two of them. I don't know. That's the only thing I can, unless, that's the only thing I come up with. Unless they're doing like journalism and... And maybe the comic books and all of that together in one, and then the film and television in another. That would make sense. Did you saw? Did you see where? Um, who's going to be possibly hosting? 
What? Um, the award show. The Glad Media Awards or something else? Oh, I was thinking of something else. Um, Oscars, the Oscars. I hadn't seen, I knew they were looking for a host this year, but I didn't see who was going. Well, guess who they're talking to? Who? Spider-Man. Tom Holland? Tom Holland. Yeah. I don't see him being a good host. And I know that people raved on Billy Crystal when he hosted them. I was never a fan of his hosting of the Oscars. And I know he got panned royally, but I loved him, was David Letterman. I thought David Letterman liked, did a really good um, job. Who was that? I liked... Uh... Oh, crap. He's a comedian. Who was that? Anyways. Found a Campbell soup, soup for sale. The Campbell Soup candles. Yeah, for way, way expensive. $127.47 on eBay. And that don't include free shipping. Oh, God. I can't see that. Let me put it back on my glasses. Um, you will pay... $12.20 for shipping. There's, there's people are going to go straight to hell for doing that. <laughs> it's it's law of supply and demand. Well, it looks like to me, I did the search on on Amazon. The Andy Warhol candles that are there, like the Andy Warhol Campbell soup candles are there. The candles are there. I mean, those are reasonable, and on eBay they're reasonable. But for some reason, those, I think it looks like one individual bought every one of those Campbell Soup cans for sale because you can't find them anywhere else on the internet for sale except on eBay. And they're $127 a piece on eBay. That's the thing. If you want them, you'll buy them. I personally don't want a a, a candle that makes my house smell like soup. Yeah, you'll make it smell like uh, chicken soup on half. But that moves us on into the entertainment realm altogether. Did you see the biopic that's coming from Roku and Funny or Die? No. Weird. The Al Yankovic story starring oh. Daniel Radcliffe as Daniel Radcliffe Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, I read that. Daniel Radcliffe is going to be playing Weird Al. And let me let me just read one sentence from this article because I mean it's still in the early stages of the film. There's no release date or anything. It will stream exclusively on the Roku channel. But Deadline has this one sentence here: a five-time Grammy winner, his 2014 release, Mandatory Fun, was the first comedy album in history. To debut at number one on Billboard's Top 200. That's quite an impressive feat when you look at some of the comedy albums that have come out. And like them, don't like them. But at the time they came out, their stuff was really popular. Ellen DeGeneres. Adam Sandler. Bill Cosby. George Carlin. They didn't sing. Do what? Those weren't singers. That's because we're not talking about singers. First comedy album in history to debut I number one. was a singer. But he's comedy. I know, but he sang his comedy. His is the first comedy album in history. 
to I'm debut sorry, at number but that's one. A singer, not a stand-up comedian. It doesn't specify one way or the other. It says first yeah, comedy album. Categories. He's not a stand-up comedian. But, they shouldn't put that in the same category. But also, you look at some of Weird Al's other albums that you would have expected to have done this before 2014. I mean, in 3D, put him on the map, but even worse, with the the spoof of bad. With I'm fat. Which, fat, by the way, is my absolute favorite Weird Al video ever. To me, there is no better Weird Al video than Fat. I like the video on Fat. It's, it's pretty good. Ding dong, man. Ding dong. Ding dong, yo. You ain't fat. You ain't nothing. You ain't nothing. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Yeah, I remember that video when it came out. And of course, Like a Surgeon with the lion walking through the hospital. Even uh, Michael Jackson liked the video on Fat. Well... You know, the only person that I know of that would absolutely not allow him to spoof his music in any way, shape, or form? Who? Prince. And That's kind of weird. Weird Al would never openly say that Prince wouldn't allow him to do it. But he would say things like, the person who did it, or who wouldn't allow him liked the color purple and wore lace. And, yeah, you, I guess he couldn't say it. And he did Contractually, say, he probably couldn't say He it. did say that the the video for UHF, he could spoof the When Doves Cry video, even though he couldn't spoof any of the music. So he's in the tub and stands up at, in the UHF video. Yeah. But... But I am definitely yeah, looking forward to the weird biopic. Did, uh, did you see the whole Twitter war going down about that on Twitter? About what? About uh, Daniel Radcliffe playing that? No. Yeah, I got involved with it. Well, I didn't get involved. I was reading all the back and forth about it. Because, uh, you know, if you go up to the search on Twitter, it'll pop up, automatically start trending tweets. And one of them was Daniel Radcliffe and Weird Al Yankovic. I thought, that's a weird mix. Click, said, and I started reading about all of them. He's like thousands and thousands of tweets going, Daniel Radcliffe is a good actor, but I don't know if I can see Harry Potter playing, you know, playing him. You know, this is going to be some big shoes to fill. He just can't wave. Everybody's like, you know, he just can't wave a wand and go expelliarmus and and do this, and it's like all these other people's chiming in going, you do know he's played in other acting, and blah, 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 and he's doing such a great job, and all this other stuff. Well, you really need to, like, everybody's going, you really need to watch him in this, you need to watch him in this, you need to watch him in this, they said he's so much more than Harry Potter. Let, so let me, let me just equate that the role. to, to the Batman. When it was announced that Robert Pattinson was playing Batman in the movie The Batman, Everybody's like, oh, sparkly vampire playing him. It's going to be terrible. Yes, the Twilight movies, I only watched the first one because it was bad and I didn't go any further. But that's not his only film role that he has played. He was in Harry Potter. He was in all these other films. 
I think it was Out of Ashes, maybe, something like that. I can't remember the exact title, but he played a gay writer, and I can't remember who it was right offhand. But that was a really good film. And The Lighthouse I haven't seen, but it was very critically praised. So I kept telling those people, you know what? Same thing with Daniel Radcliffe. I'm not marking it off until I see his performance. And his yeah, performance will tell me. He's been on Broadway. He's played on some of his other, so many other movies and shows. So, yeah, I think he'll do a good job with it. <laughs> but we got to move on. I'm going to rapid fire some of these real quick. Uh, TheRap.com. Anthony Mackie to make feature directorial debut on Spark. King Richard Breakout. Sanaya Sidney is set to star as civil rights pioneer Claudette Colvin in the film. Um, next up, this one, I, I gotta spend just a minute on it. The CW announced another DC TV project is in the works. This is from Deadline, and this one makes me very happy. David Ramsey to star in Arrowverse series Justice U in the works at the CW. David Ramsey played John Diggle on Arrow. In The Crisis on Infinite Earths, spoiler that's been widely reported, towards the end of the, mini, or the crossover event, a meteor or something comes shooting out of the sky, lands in the yard across from John Diggle as he's packing up, moving to Metropolis. And he goes, he picks up the box, opens it, and there's a green light that shines on him. They'd already pointed out that his stepfather's last name was Stewart, which made his name John Diggle Stewart. John Stewart was the Green Lantern. They've not progressed anywhere with that. He's made some slight comments about it on the shows that he's appeared since, but there's been no development of the Green Lantern with John Diggle. So they could build with that. And he's also trying to recruit new heroes. And considering he has the experience of working with Oliver Queen as Arrow, or Green Arrow, he has experience running the team. So I see a lot of potential in this original series. It will not be based on the comics, even though there will probably be several characters from the comics in it. So yeah. I really hope this happens and progresses to TV because David Ramsey as John Diggle was always a major player on Arrow and a very well-loved character by the fans. So, I really want to see this succeed and see David Ramsey headline his own show, because he deserves it. But also in the DC news, there's not much to report, but Jensen Ackles has announced he is actively developing a secret project with DC and Warner Brothers. So, we'll be... Keeping an eye on that to see what's coming. But of course, Jensen Ackles, one of the Has stars of Supernatural. Has anything been announced about that prequel to Supernatural? Because he was in the talks for that. No, that's that's still planning stages. There's been no official announcements yet. 
something else real quick and I just I don't know how this is going to work because you're taking a movie that I've not seen the original but it is directed by Alfred Hitchcock and that's hard to remake a Hitchcock film as Psycho 1990 proved but Gal Gadot will lead the remake of To Catch a Thief so we'll we'll see how that happens. Like I said, it's hard to remake something that was done so well by someone so, so good. So yeah, it's so perfect and so twisted. Their mind's so twisted. And the I've seen a lot of Hitchcock films. Like I said, I have not seen To Catch a Thief, but every Hitchcock film that I have seen, I have really enjoyed. So. Yeah. I'm guessing To Catch a Thief will fall right in line with all that. One that I really loved that not you don't really hear much about was I Confess. If you ever get the chance to see I Confess, I highly suggest it. Now, is all that Hitchcock's films still on YouTube? I his shows maybe, but I don't know about his films. His films, a lot of some of them are owned by uh, I think Fox might have done some. I know Universal owns several. Um, maybe Warner Brothers own some. I think I Confess might be a Warner Brothers picture. But that one was a murderer confesses to a priest played by Montgomery Clift and the priest starts going to the crime scenes and becomes a suspect in the murders. And it was a really good movie. And of course, being a priest who was hearing confession, he couldn't say anything. Yeah. So, but also... Something that was announced. This is from the Hollywood Reporter that I'm getting this article. King of the Hill is coming back. King of the Hill. King of the Hill creators Greg Daniels and Mike Judge are back in business. More than 25 years since Fox launched the beloved animated comedy, Daniels and Judge have reunited to form an animation comp- company, Bandera Entertainment. And want to expand the format to include as many subgenres as live action fare. Uh, I don't know. Bad Crimes formally picked up a with a ten episode order at Netflix as a second show to be greenlit at Bandera. When did they finally? When did uh, King of the Hill stop? With it. While they're not ready to share official details of for, the return of former Fox favorite King of the Hill. So they're not ready to reveal any details on King of the Hill yet, but it is coming back. Um, not sure when it concluded its run, but... I'll go to the IMDb right quick. I'm pulling it up. Let's see if it shows right off here. 13 seasons started in 1997. I did not realize it ran that long. First episode date, January 12th, 1997. Final episode date, May 6th, 2010. So, a very long-running series that is coming back. It's still in syndication. But, oh yeah, it's on DVD and all kinds of stuff. It's a great show. Loved it. Yeah. Next up, this is from People. Final Destination Reboot lands Spider-Man No Way Home director as producer. Titled Final Destination 6 and slated to be an HBO Max original, the new installment features John Watts as both producer and treatment-slash-story writer, 
And I just don't know. For See, the... I haven't seen anything past Final Destination 2. Or is it part 3? I kind well, of lost interest after that. You should have lost interest after the first one. The first one was really good. After that, they were just bad. So... I think I think it was part of Final Destination 2. And then after that, it's like... But, but something that I also don't understand why they're doing, Soap Dish is being brought back as a Paramount Plus series. I mean, that's an old show. Well, I mean, the, the film had a fantastic cast. Unfortunately... It was not a good movie. Why is it even being brought back? They're making a series out of it. I remember it was hokey. Well, I know that Kevin Klein, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Sally Field, you know, it was a huge cast. But. Just because it's a huge cast doesn't mean it's good. Well, this one proved that. Because as much as I love Sally Field, that's one of the worst films she ever did. But with that, let's start my sad news this week. First up, tennis legend Chris Everett announces cancer diagnosis. This is from the Huff Post. It says she's been diagnosed with stage 1 ovarian cancer. Her quote in the article, I feel very lucky that they caught it early and expect positive results from my chemo plan. Thanks to all of you for respecting my need to focus on my health and treatment plan. So, hopefully, they've caught it early enough and they can eliminate the cancer from her. Yeah. But, with that, we're on to those we lost this week. And this one... I only knew of her. I never watched any of her YouTube stuff. But YouTube star Adelia Rose Williams has passed away at the age of 15. She was the one that had the rapid aging condition. I saw that. There was an article on her on Snapchat. Uh, there's there's on a part of Snapchat. There is a, there's Snapchat news on there. And they featured her on there. And bless her heart. Uh, I can't imagine... Growing old so quick. Because, I mean, I've seen the pictures. I don't, I've never watched her videos, obviously, I said that. But I've seen the pictures, and she looked very frail. And yeah. just not you healthy know, at all. And just half, you know, she was scared to death. Yeah. Bless her heart. I can imagine. I've got an article from WSOC, and it says she was diagnosed with. Hutchinson Guilford progeria syndrome when she was three months old. The rare disorder causes children to age rapidly beginning in the first two years of life. Life expectancy is generally two years. So at least she beat the odds there, but still 15 and living with all that. Yeah. I just. It's It's incredibly sad. I could not imagine going through all that. But also, today, it was announced, and I'm 
sorry before I even try to pronounce his name, but a French actor and star of the upcoming Moon Knight TV series, died at the age of 37 after a skiing accident, Gaspard Ulliel. And let me get down here to where it said who was left behind. Cause it said, contacted by Variety, the actor's talent agent declined to comment. Ulliel is survived by his six-year-old son Orso and his girlfriend Gail Petrie, a French model and singer. The only thing that I saw the mention of his that besides Moon Knight that I had heard anything about and I had never seen it was a very long engagement. Yeah. So, but that's one thing we got to point out. You got to be careful when skiing because if you recall, that's also what got Sonny Bono and Liam Neeson's wife. So, take it seriously. Next up, we had a the loss of a hero this past week. This is from TimesUnion.com. Celebrated Tuskegee Airman Charles McGee dies at 102. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know if he is the last surviving member of the Tuskegee Airmen, but the article does read, Charles McGee... A a Tuskegee Airman who flew 409 fighter combat missions over three wars and later helped to bring attention to the black pilots and who had battled racism at home to fight for freedom abroad died Sunday. He was 102. McGee died in his sleep at his home in Bethesda, Maryland, said his son Ron McGee. But, and did, didn't we review the Tuskegee Airmen on here? I thought so. And that, I really enjoyed that one. I'd, I'd still say the Tuskegee Airmen was a much better movie than Red Tails, both about the same story. But yeah. the Tuskegee Airmen was really, really good. So, definitely a, a hero for the nation. And another one that, again, I apologize for the pronunciation of the name... But this is from AP News. Yvette Mimiu, 60s starlet of Time Machine, dies at the age of 80. And the Time Machine was a very good movie. I don't know if you ever saw it, but I really enjoyed it. She was also in Where the Boys Are and Light in the Piazza. Said she died in her sleep of natural causes overnight Monday evening at her home in Los Angeles. Did you ever see the Time Machine? It's really good. I'd, I would highly suggest watching it. But, um, says she played a bride in Toys in the Attic, an epileptic surfer in Dr. Kildare, and a bride in Joy in the Morning. She was three times nominated for a Golden Globe, including for her role in the short-lived ABC series The Most Deadly Game from Aaron Spelling. In the 70s and 80s, she increasingly appeared in TV movies, some of which she helped write. So, obviously, quite a bit of talent there. Oh, and this one, I'd never heard of it before, but I'm going to read this because it sounds pretty interesting. 
Mimieux co-wrote and co-produced the 1984 CBS TV movie Obsessive Love about a deranged fan obsessed with so with a soap opera star. Mimieux said she had ba had to battle the network over having a woman played by herself in such a role. Her idea stemmed from John Hinckley's obsession with Jodie Foster, only with the gender roles reversed. So, that one definitely sounds like a very interesting film. Yeah. So, I'm going to have to see if I can find that somewhere, because it, it looks, or it sounds like something I would definitely want to watch. And I hope it's better than Black Christmas. The remake, not the original. The original Black Christmas was really good. Yeah, it was. But Obsessive Love really does sound good. I mean, you don't really think of the obsessive fan being a female. And that's what she wrote. And apparently starred as, so... Yeah. I, I would definitely watch it. Next up, this is from Billboard.com. Dallas Frazier, country songwriter behind Elvira... Beneath Still Waters and More Dies. Frazier also wrote four, uh, or co-wrote four number one hits for Charlie Pride. Love me some Charlie Pride. Oh, I loved El Elvira, and who doesn't really? I mean, yeah. it's, it's a song that has spanned generations, and people just love it. During his career, Frazier earned three Grammy nominations for his work on There Goes My Everything... All I have to offer you is me and Elvira. I'm not seeing the cause of death listed on here, though. I'm just scanning through it. It might be in there, and I'm just missing it. But, but quite a bit of songs that he has written, and at least something everybody likes. And then finally, Ronnie Spector. This is from People Magazine. Ronnie Spector passes of cancer at 78. Wasn't he the one she, who got in trouble for murder? No, she was Ronnie Spector of the Ronettes. She did Be oh, My Baby. I was of Spector, excuse me, sorry. Yeah, that was, I believe that was her husband at one point. But. The Ronnie had a pretty big comeback with Eddie Money on Take Me Home Tonight, where she sang yeah. Be My Little Baby in that, sampling her own song. Yeah. And that would probably be an interesting story to look up to, because I don't know if I ever saw how that collaboration came to be, but... Yeah, Spectre married producer Phil Spectre in 1968 after signing to his label five years earlier. Though the marriage was a That's difficult one. Yeah. Before their divorce in 1974, the late producer kept her sequestered in their California mansion and subjected her to years of psychological torment. What was it about those men in music back then? Her, him, Ike Turner? Just awful. They're just assholes. But... So if you if you get the chance, go listen to some Ronnie Spector. Watch some movies with these people, and definitely remember the Tuskegee Airmen because they were a vital part of winning World War II. Yeah. 
And with that, we have ended the first tower. And we'll be back. Did you get everything watched that I did? Because I know there was a lot, but we had a lot of snow here over the weekend, so I didn't go anywhere. Oh, I watched everything that you texted over. So you got the Eternals, the Peacemaker, Naomi. Oh, I didn't do the, Etern- I didn't do the Eternals. And uh, I know you had the Don't Look Up. Yeah, I got that one. So. Peacemaker and Noah. Or what is it? Peacemaker and Naomi. Naomi, that's it. Yeah. So we'll be doing Peacemaker, Don't Look Up, and Naomi when we come back. Not necessarily in that order. So stay tuned, everybody. Welcome back. First up, as always, let's go through the Box Office Mojo Top 10 Films of the Weekend. And uh, just discussing with Paul whether to do the regular three-day weekend or the holiday four-day weekend. We're going to go with the four-day weekend. Even though they don't have where they were last week, we'll just read the numbers off. At number 10, Ghostbusters Afterlife with nine weeks at the box office, over $126 million. Number nine, Licorice Pizza, another over $1 million this weekend for a total of nine and three quarter million after eight weeks. West Side Story comes in at eight, six week total is 34 million. Debuting at number seven, Bell, over one and a half million its first weekend. I'm not sure what Bell is, it's from G Kids, which I don't know that distributor. But one million six hundred forty-five thousand eight hundred dollars on thirteen hundred and twenty-six theaters. So, actually, a pretty good run. If you go per screen average, it's quite higher on the list. Number I'm six. I'm actually impressed. You what? Actually impressed by that. Yeah, I, I, it's a film I've never heard of, but it's. I mean, comparably, the number one film had ninety-two hundred and forty dollars per screen the bill had a 1241 spider-man had 6280 the 355 869 i mean it 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 outdid the 355 it outdid the king's man it outdid american underdog west side story and ghostbusters afterlife so like i said it moves up significantly when you look at the per screen average but number six, American Underdog. Of course, Zachary Levi makes an appearance in that film, so not really a football fan, but might watch that one because of him. Almost $2 million over the weekend. Four-week total, almost $21.5 million. After four weeks, Kingsman is at number five. Four-week total, just over $29 million. Second weekend release, the three fifty-five is at number four, with over $8.8 million total. At number three, Sing 2, its fourth week, almost $121.4 million. Falling out of number one, Spider-Man No Way Home is at number two, over $24.5 million over the four-day weekend. The five-week total, $702,574,237 in a pandemic. And did you see Saturday Night Live's skit? I didn't see it, but I saw the report on it. One of the skits on Saturday Night Live 
blamed Spider-Man for the Omicron surge. And did I not say that was a possibility a long time ago? Yeah. Saturday Night Live took my podcast and ran with it, let me tell you. And debuting at number one, almost $34,835,611 on the four-day weekend, the return to the franchise, Scream. Scream was the first movie to knock Spider-Man out of number one. So there you go. I want to see that movie so damn bad. I want to see it. God, I'm such a Scream freak. And, again, just for the on-screen average, or the per-screen average, Scream on 3664, $9,240. Spider-Man No Way Home, 3,925 theaters, $6,280. Almost a $3,000 difference per screen average. Wow. So, Scream definitely brought in the people over the weekend. And with that, I think we're going to do Naomi first, then go to Don't Look Up, and end with Peacemaker. So... Naomi IMDb has it ranked at 4.0 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, the average tomato meter, 92%. The audience score is 38%. IGN has it a 6 out of 10. I've got to say, I had high, high expectations for this show. I loved the comic series. It was six issues. I've read it twice on DC Universe Infinite. Love the story. That being said, they have really changed things for the series. And did you watch? How many, did, was there more than just one episode available to watch? Last night was the second episode, and I watched it. Well, and, it's slow. It's slow. Well, there's there's a lot to build on, but they have changed so much that that's I'm I'm trying to separate the love that I had for the comic and taking this as a different interpretation and something new. But one of the major things, and you get hinted at it in the first episode, you're flat out told in the second. Naomi is an alien. In this series. Well, thanks for running it for me, Chris. I was well, trying to figure it out. On, like you were going to watch anymore. But, I was going to at least watch part two because I couldn't figure out what she was yet. Well, I mean, it's not as significant. I mean, it's... They tell you, but it's, that's about it. That's where the story yeah, goes. And they, you're such a bitch, they showed man. the spaceship in the first one. Yeah, but I was still kind of like, mm, maybe she's, you know, her parents were alien. Maybe... I was thinking, okay, just by the way the, you know, the actual scene right here, this is what I was thinking. See the symbol of the O? It kind of looked Wiccan, like witchy. I thought she was probably like a witch or something. And then whenever those leaves started spinning around her while she's out in the woods, I thought, okay, she's definitely some kind of 
like a witch, whatever, or whatever. And then you go, oh, she's an alien. Okay, well, she's not a witch then. No. The, the comics, you find out that she is from an alternate Earth. She is not an alien. Well, I like the way she pulled off her glasses and she could read that note like across the room. The other significant differences that aren't huge plot points, D in the comics runs a garage and does not tell Naomi her birthday. He tells her about the event that happened on her birthday. And it's, it's from Ava DuVernay, so you would have expected much higher. Um, the acting, I will I mean, say... Is there, is there any of these actors that are kind of like... I don't recognize any of these actors. Oh, you should recognize one. Hold on, let me get situated here. Did you okay. not recognize Naomi's father? Watson is the actor. Barry Watson? He didn't look familiar to me. Why would he look for shit? Why should he look familiar? Well, he was in the movie Sorority Boys, and he was on Seventh Heaven. No, I didn't watch that either. I didn't watch Seventh Heaven, I didn't watch Sorority Boys, but I still know about them both. I'm going to go to his filmography and see what's going on with him. Yeah, I mean, there's... Now, I've seen the movie Boogeyman, but I wouldn't that was remember terrible. him from that. I, I try not to remember anybody from that. Oh, shh. It was, it was a terrible movie. Oh, you're stoked. Just whatever, Chris. Just I never did see Teaching like Mrs. Tingle. Nobody else did. I'm trying to see any of this other stuff that I would probably that I would have seen. If I'm not mistaken... He had a, a cancer scare while they were doing Seventh Heaven. He was uncredited in an episode of The Nanny, I see there. There's Gossip Girl. Yeah, again, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch that either. Samantha Who. I watched Who. some of the Samantha Who. I watched that. Some was of that was a good show. I forgot about that one being on, him being on there. I did watch Drop Dead Diva. I watched all of those. I don't remember him from that. Didn't watch it. Me and my mom watched Drop Dead Diva together. I love that show. That was on Lifetime. But like I said, I think he had a cancer scare during the filming of um, Seventh Heaven. He's on Nash Bridges, too. Yeah, I never did watch that show either. Watch. Oh, there's one. A Dog's Way Home. 
that was a good movie. But just Attack like Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman. Just like a dog's purpose and a dog's journey, a dog's way home makes me cry. I'll never watch those movies. I will never watch them because I do not want to cry myself to death. Oh, they're they're good movies though. I know they are, but I'm not going to watch them. But but yeah, he was he was the only real name that I recognized. But like I said, D working as a tattoo artist instead of a mechanic, that's a change I can deal with. I didn't like that he flat out tells Naomi her birthday, which is basically the day that she got adopted, instead of her questioning him about the event that took place so many years ago that she nobody will talk about and or they don't remember. And he tells her that event in the comics took place on what was her birthday. And so they, I guess they had to change it because, you know, they're not going to have her be from another Earth. So Annabelle was well cast, her best friend. Yeah. It does annoy me that she keeps calling Naomi Babe. I don't remember that being in the comics, and it's just, it's just annoying to me. I, it's nothing good or bad. It's just, well, you know they got a. I mean, how long ago was the comic written? Year or two. It's pretty recent. Oh, comic. really? Yeah. Well, they're probably trying to appeal to a broader audience, so that's probably why they're doing that. Yeah. Then. The, the second episode, I will say, I liked better than the first one. So I'm, I'm going to continue watching it and giving it a chance and hoping that I can learn to deal with the changes from the comic. But it did not have a strong starting point. Like It was very disappointing. Yeah, the very first episode spent a lot of that time building up on that backstory of everything and trying to build up to it and like I said I uh, it never did really get into the first episode never did really get into I mean for those of us that didn't read the comics like me um, it never did really get into to tell who she is even though it might have alluded to it but like I said I thought she's a witch because of all those leaves spinning around her that's why I thought she I was, I was thinking, well, maybe she's witchy. So. Yeah, and, and the developing of her powers that I'm I'm dealing with, okay, because she doesn't know, but her adoptive parents in the comic explain things to her, and in this they seem clueless, and one of them there's something significant in the comic that I'm not going to go into. Because it may be forthcoming in the series, but right now, it looks like that significant part of the comic is not going to be in the TV show. And after we get past what the comic has done, I can say something more about it then, but I just, overall, it's it's a lot of building and... Hopefully getting to a good point. 
but Zamato whole different way that he finds Naomi in the comic. So and the I'll go ahead and say it D sprouts the wings because it's in the, the preview for the show. That was at the end of the first show. At the end of the first show when he sprouts his wings. Yeah and, and there what is, is he? there's is he? something significant to him. They have not spoken of it on the series yet. But, but why did, what, what, who is he with the metal wing? Who is he? Well, I'm not going to give that away just yet. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, He's one thing, I don't know where they're going on the show, if it's the same as the comic book. And you find out through the progression of the issues in the comic who he is and what he is. He mentioned... Fighting in the second episode, he mentions fighting in a great war alongside Superman, and tells Naomi Superman is real. And that was another issue that I had with the first episode. Is they made it very confusing. Did Superman exist? Is he just a comic book character? What's the deal? Because Superman's fighting well, see, somebody. That's what I was getting because I thought when he said was a man with a jetpack, I thought, well, that could, that's believable. But I, don't I don't know what that story is actually going to be because they still have not clarified if D really did do it as a guy on a jetpack. And as you get into the second episode, you see with Commander Steel. And I wonder if this Commander Steel is like Citizen Steel, who is on Legends of Tomorrow. I don't know. So we'll see if he's going to be the Commander Steel from the comics. But. I would think so, being a DC Comics character on a DC Comics TV show. I can't see them using that name and not having him be. But, like I said, okay. we'll have to see. But the We're beating the bush on this one, honey. Well, the, the thing with Superman, in the comics, that's what awakens Naomi's wondering about herself. Like, why does she feel different? Why is she so obsessed with all this? And that's what leads her to everything. On the TV show, she's a fan of the Superman comic book. And she likes him because he's an orphan. And it's just... I didn't like he's that He's an take. alien, too. Yeah. And so that, that was something they really messed up on in this first episode was the confusion about Superman. Just have him be Superman in this world it would have been a much better story but with that we'll go ahead and rate it like I said I am I'm going to err on the side of caution and say that this is just building up to the story because it's the first episode you've got to set the groundwork I understand that it is slow it's very disappointing compared to the comic book so, I'm going to give it two and three quarters, because it's its own thing, it has potential, but it's not what I was hoping for. Well, based on the only episode, I, I, I don't know if I want to give it a, a, a rating for this, because I'm kind of, if I want to give it a rating on the episode that I just watched and not going to watch it anymore, I want to give it a two. But... I 
it sounds like it's building up to something bigger than what was on this episode. I mean, I'll watch another, I'll watch part two between now and Monday um, for the show. But if I'm going to rate it on this episode here, I'm going to rate it as number two because it was a lot of questions that was not answered. And, and as far as that goes, I, I remind you of the X-Files. The X-Files always had questions that were not answered. Even after the yeah, series went off, there were unanswered questions. Its, yeah, but that was its M.O. That's what X-Files was. Yeah, but I'm saying that's, you have to you have to kind of look at it that way. There's the possibility that there will always be mystery that they keep to solve later. So, so I mean, like I said, I'll watch another episode of it. Like I said, uh, and I'll maybe reevaluate my rating on it, but anyways... Yeah. Right now, what it stands on that one episode is a two for me. And I think if you watch it not with the comic well, book, you might like it better. Let me, let me, did it catch my imagination? Did it catch my attention? Yes. Did I like the characters on it? Yes. But there was just so many questions, so much going on that, like, who is those strange men standing on the sides of the streets? Why was the cameras destroyed? Why was it living? It was just so much that no one could answer. So. And and you're not going to get them in the second episode either. Not all those oh, answers right. are coming. So, and I mean, that's, okay. that's something you do want. You, you want something to make you keep wondering and wanting to tune in to find out. And it's like, why is she blacking out? They don't. They didn't cover that part either. I don't even think they did in the second episode. But see, having read the comics, I kind of get where that's coming from. Even though that wasn't in the comics, because you know she blacked out and missed Superman. Yeah, I in think the she comics, out again on the stage while talking about you know rights or whatever it was. Yeah, and they did not. I don't even think they because she didn't black out in the second episode I don't I don't think they even mentioned it see there's yeah, it's like why was she doing that well they, they still have more to build on and can come back to it because they they had a different story in the second episode so I can see that they can still come back to it but in the comics instead of blacking out and missing she got there too late it was already over and done with and then like the next day or so Superman came back to apologize and promise to help clean up all the damage. And but that didn't happen. Yeah, because Superman doesn't exist in this universe. He's a comic book character. So, but anyway. we find out that he exists somewhere. What's the next one? Don't look up. I'm going to let you take the reins on it. But before, okay. before you do, Metacritic gave it 49%. Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter has it 55%. Audience scores seventy eight percent, and IMDb gives it seven point three out of ten. Okay, don't look up is a very good movie. Um, it has uh, oh god, I'm, my phone is kind of don't look up. My phone is not pulling up. Here he is. This has some. Very damn good actresses, and it has Leo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, 
um, has ton, and it has Jonah Hill, Rob Morgan. There's uh, Tyler Perry. There's tons of good actors inside this movie, and this is something you know. It's scary. This could like really happen. It's it's almost like Trump era bullshit going on here. It's like they're choosing not to listen to the scientists. It's a movie basically about a meteor that is that is headed to you know a world killer. It's called a world killer. And um, it was estimated like, what, five months out it was going to hit? And no one was listening to these scientists. And they're all just like, you know, this is blah, 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 and it's making politics out of it. And then Leo DiCaprio just loses his shit, and he's like, you're not listening. Do you just realize what you called him? Leo DiCaprio. You called him Leo DiCaprio. Oh, anyways. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Anyways, he like loses his shit on his movie, on his news channels, saying, we're going to die. We're all going to die. No one's going to survive this. No one at all. And it, it's, it's something that could actually happen. And that's what's scary about it. Because I could see the U.S. government making this out of a political thing about it because especially what's going on right now with the coronavirus um with one with right wingers saying this and right wing uh movie television stations saying this and you have other stations saying this and it's actually spooky it's a damn good movie extremely damn good movie really well written written I, I highly suggest it. Yeah, it's a very good movie. It's I, I, I really enjoyed Leo in this movie. I did. Well, that's why I had you go first. Because I know you're getting ready to chop it to death. Well, it has a fantastic cast. So did Soap Dish. And I kept thinking of Soap Dish as I watched this movie. So much potential. And... I struggled to stay into this movie. Like, it was not holding it my attention. Me. It captivated me. I, I, it was actually scary that this shit could really happen. I'm, I'm going to side with the critics on this one. I was not real thrilled with it. I understood that it was satire and... Everything you said is true, that they tried to make it like what's really going on, where why look at the truth when you can look over here at this shiny object? And and the spoiler, but the mining the meteor for precious minerals, I understand that is all about the greed of America and where they're coming from on that, but it just, yeah. one thing that really made me mad in it was why'd they have to have a picture with Mariah Carey? I mean, really, of all the people you had to put in that movie, you had to throw her in there. I don't remember that. Where was that at? On the president's desk. Meryl Streep and Mariah Carey were in a photo together. Oh. You of all people remember that. Oh, because I hate Mariah Carey. She's the bane of my existence. Oh, please. She's... 
she's a very wonderful actress and songstress. You just got to get over it. Yeah. How did that glitter movie go over? Wasn't that the movie that got her paid to shut up by Universal? I'm just saying, you're just... You're just jealous because she's out there doing her thing and you can't stand it. Oh, I am not jealous of Mariah Carey. I promise you that. Angered by, disgusted by, annoyed by, those are more appropriate. Oh, she's pretty and she can sing good, Chris. Come on. No. But, and I, I gotta say, I love Tyler Perry, but him and the, was Kate Blanchett, weren't they the reporters? Wasn't Kate Blanchett the female reporter with Tyler Perry? Yes. Love her. Hated both of them. They were horribly annoying. Like, they were so over the extreme top that it just, their characters were not enjoyable at all. And you know who I about didn't recognize in the movie? Was Ron Perlman. Yeah. Because he had aged so, he has aged so much that I about didn't recognize him. Oh, I always noticed Ron, Ron Perlman. And Ariana Grande, I liked her in it. She oh, I hated her. Her character was horribly annoying, too. And Michael Chiklis? Yeah. Like I said, there's a lot of A-listers in this movie. A it's, ton of A-listers. It is, to me, the equal to Soap Dish. You have all this great talent pulled together. You expect something fantastic from all of these great actors. And this is what you get. So yeah, I, I was not impressed. I wasn't thrilled. Do you have anything more you want to say on it, or? No, I'm good. It's just that, uh, you know, you just take it with a grain of sand and don't, like, expect a Grammy, or, not a Grammy, an Oscar, award-winning, uh, Oscar award-winning performance out of these people and just take it with a grain of sand, and I think people but enjoy see, it. that's the thing, is there's so many Oscar winners in this movie. Yeah, about every damn one of them are. It's like Meryl Streep, Leo DiCaprio, I believe Kate Blanchett, I think Jennifer Lawrence, they've all gotten Academy Awards. If not awards, nominated. Because Jonah Hill's been yeah. nominated. Timothy Chalamet's been nominated. Uh, I don't know if any of the others were nominated, but that's, I mean, that's your main cast nominated at least for an Academy Award. So, you want to give your rating? I enjoyed it. It kept, it kept my attention. I watched it with some friends. They enjoyed the movie. And after we, you know, it was all said and done, we kind of talked about that same parallel, what's going on with the government. You know, the right-wingers are saying, you know, don't believe the scientists. And then you have the Democrats going, you know, this is happening right here with the coronavirus. So it's, it was some eerily eerily parallels right there going on especially what's going on right now so we, we, we talked about that actually and um, I'm going to give it a good solid three will I watch it again? Probably not but do I suggest for someone to watch it? Yeah, I'll, yeah watch it I think you'd enjoy it well for somebody who was raving on it three is awfully low 
Well, I'm not saying it's like, you know, <laughs> is it, I'm, com- you know, comparing it to the fan-based Friday the 13th movie, which one's better? Of course this one's better, but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, am I going to watch it again? No. But I do suggest for people to watch it because I think it's at least good, a, a good once, once watch anyways. Yeah. Like I said, fantastic cast. Every one of them has been in something so much better. I understand the satire. I understand what they're going for. It's just, it's almost like, I can kind of equate it to Austin Powers as well, the gold member. You know, Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Austin Powers International Man of Mystery was hilarious. The second one, because of the cult following of the first one, was made and had the fantastic trailer where they make it out like you're coming up the Death Star and going on to Darth Vader or somebody, the Emperor, and turns around, it's Austin Powers or it's Dr. Evil, and they go, if you see one movie this summer, see Star Wars. But if you see two movies, see Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. And so... That one also set the tone. Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me was even better than the first one. Both hilarious. Then you get to Austin Powers' Gold Member, and it was like they didn't have a script, so they just hired all these huge names, Britney Spears, Tom Cruise, on and on, and threw them in the movie just to throw them in the movie, and nothing came together, and it was just a bad film. This one, it's almost like they did the same thing. They didn't have a strong script, so they got as many big names as they could, threw it in there, tried to distract from the weak script, and that's where I'm sitting at, and I'm going to give it a two. I was just really disappointed. And with that, we come to the new series spun out of the Suicide Squad and that is The Peacemaker. 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb. On the Rotten Tomatoes, you've got the tomato meter at 94%, the audience score at 85%. This stars... Chris. What? Is um, John Cena still wrestling? No. He does every now and then, but he's not an active wrestler. I was going to say, how's he doing all these movies and shows... Same way The Rock does. Time, so. so he's kind of like The Rock. Yep. Okay. This cast, you're not going to know a lot of them. I mean, Lachlan Monroe, you may know, especially from movies from the 90s, like Scary Movie. Um, Robert Patrick, you'll definitely know. Whether it's Agent Doggett on The X-Files, or... The second Terminator, or any of the other tons of things that he's uh, done. Oh, yeah, the, the Terminator, the guy who had the liquid arms. Yep. Yeah. And, of course, the star, John Cena. If you don't know him, I guess you've been living under a rock. Pretty much. Um, but the cast, not well known overall but very good in their roles. And I've got to say, one of the breakouts 
for me personally is Danielle Brooks on the show. She plays Leota Adebayo. And there's a significant connection that I'm not going to reveal because it's a big spoiler because I didn't know that character was going to be in it. But you get that reveal in the first episode. So... You talked about the way she's... The... The... No, the the video conference that she's having. Yeah. There's, there's a certain character on the other end of that computer that she's talking to that has a connection to this character. And like I said, I don't want to give that away, but I really like that character a lot. So... The, when she's on the screen, she really lights up the screen. And I don't know if you've made it through the first three episodes that are actually out now, but no. I've watched all three of them. And I saw I saw that Nathan Fillion tweeted out that he started watching Peacemaker, and in five minutes or something like that, he was laughing hysterically, and he was hooked. So... Me. Now, to be all fair, you have to watch the that last movie that came out before you can watch this. Yes and no. Yes, I mean, you got to know why. you got to know why. I think you could get the gist of this without having watched The Suicide Squad. No, you have to watch Suicide Squad. In my book, you do. Because it picks up exactly where that left off. Well, I felt like everything was pretty well explained in this. And they give you the recaps at the beginning. They do. And also, if you haven't watched it yet, do not skip the opening credits or you will miss a fantastically terrible dance scene. And also, you'll miss uh, John Cena's ass in it. Well, no, that's in the, um, the show. But I'm talking the opening credit sequence, and HBO Max pops up that skip. Yeah, that's a good... Don't yeah, skip I it. I started to skip it, and I thought, no, I think I'll watch the introduction of this, and it's actually that kind of Broadway show-ish type thing. And every episode has given you that option to skip, and every episode I refuse to skip, because I just love watching that terrible dance number. It is absolutely hilarious. Now, do you know who I actually enjoyed watching in this film? And you're probably going to be like, uh, when I tell you this. It's whenever they're inside his little trailer. And it's been five years. And John Cena's character breaks him back into his trailer. And they're on in there trying to talk to him. And there's that big guy over there in his refrigerator eating him old pickles. I died when he... It's olive. You mean died beard. Yeah, and died beard, yeah, because he's like, you do realize there's a five-year-old pickles or whatever it is, and also gets <laughs> spitting them out. And, I mean, this... For some reason, I like that character. I love it. I love that character for some reason. I actually bust out laughing when he did that. There is so much outrageousness in this, and as it goes along, it gets more and more so, and... Did you get the introduction of Vigilante father, in the first episode? His father's his father's an asshole. So well, I yeah, he's, he's a villain in the comics. Oh, is he? Yeah. 
I mean, that that is actually from the comics. His father was a villain. And I, I, who was that girl he was fighting? It's like she ended up being some kind of a villainess or something. They they kind of explain it as it goes along. But because she's behaving, she's hissing like a cat. And in the second episode, you find out why she attacks. I mean, right after, she, I mean, he plowed the hell out of her, too. <laughs> <Yep>. and, <laughs> and next thing you know, she's trying to kill him after they just got through screwing. And, so, you know, we, we have to mention, absolutely have to mention, Peacemaker's sidekick. Possibly the greatest sidekick in all of TV history. Eagly. Oh, the eagle, yeah. Yeah, it's a bald eagle named Eagly. Eagly, and, yeah. And in that vein, there is a podcast, and I have not watched it yet, but I plan on it. That it's You can listen to the audio version on like Spotify and such, and the video is on HBO Max. His eagle's named Eagly. The podcast is called Podly. Yeah, and that's like, at first it looks like a real eagle, and then of course it starts doing things. I'm like, well, that's not a real eagle. But did you get introduced to Vigilante in the first episode? I can't remember. I thought he came in in the second. Vigilante, who is that? He's all masked and has the red goggles and you can't see anything. No, that's in the second episode. Mm -hmm. That wasn't in the first. Yeah. You need to get to his character, because... He's pretty funny too. And the, okay, between now and Monday, I'm gonna try to watch this second episode and the second episode of Miami. So, and I'm telling you, it's, and also the oh God, there's the Eternals too. Okay, I'll try it. Well, make sure if you don't watch those, I do want to watch Obsessive Love because we discussed it earlier. With Vet Mamu, and it is actually on Tubi, so I want to watch it for next week for sure. I'm not going to assume, I'm going to board things between them and okay, I'll try. Well, that one especially, because where she just passed and we just found out about it, and it sounds really interesting, that's well, the one I like really want to focus on. It text all this to me to remind me to do this, because I will totally but, but Vigilante's character, especially. When he meets up with Peacemaker at Peacemaker's house, very good stuff right there, I'm telling you. And each episode, I'm more hooked on this show. And just the outrageousness of it, the stupidity of some of these characters, it's everything you could want. And the the scene in the hospital... It starts out the first episode. It's yeah. actually a deleted scene from the Suicide Squad. Like, part of that was in the trailer. Like, you're a superhero who? Get out! That that whole thing, that was in the trailer for I the Suicide Squad. That. Yeah. So it was, it was a deleted scene from the Suicide Squad. It was not initially this series. But, I mean, this is... This is why HBO Max is such a good place for DC Comics, because they can do this outrageous stuff. 
DC Universe started it, and when they took the video off of there and they moved it to HBO Max, we've got Titans, which is a lot of action, fairly graphic, a lot of bad language, definitely made for adults, and we've got the Doom Patrol, which I talked about earlier, is extremely adult-oriented, and Paul's now chomping down on some chips. So, but now we've got Peacemaker, and HBO, before HBO Max, also did the Watchmen miniseries. Basically, I think it was nine episodes that they did, and that's all they planned to do for it. There's not going to be a season two, which was really well done. So, you're getting these really good stories in short series, and I have to say that the... Um, the DC shows are outweighing the Marvel series. Like, Marvel on Netflix made it adult, but their stories dragged. At least I thought on the DC shows, they're making them for adults, and the stories really move along. Yeah. So, like I said, if, if you have not seen Doom Patrol... You gots to watch Doom Patrol. It's so good. But if I lose you, my headset's getting ready to die. Okay. But with that, I I think we're pretty well done on this one. There's I mean there's a lot of history of the comics and one of the Easter eggs is the cop cars, I think say Charlton County, which is in reference to where Peacemaker originated was in the Charlton Comics. And DC Comics bought out all their characters in, I think, the 80s. So they got Peacemaker, and that's how he's part of DC Comics now. So they gave that little Easter egg to it. And there's other things along the way, and you can look them up. But I will say, the voice of Eagly, which kind of surprised me because he doesn't really speak, is Dee Bradley Baker, who is no stranger to DC Comics fans from voicing Batman on Batman Brave and the Bold and other such. He's done a lot of voice work on DC shows. And you'll know him probably from the Beverly Hillbillies where he played Jethro in the movie. Yeah. So, I like him. And he was on some TV show but I can't remember what it was. It was a show I didn't watch. It was a sitcom that ran for quite a while. But with that, I think we'll go ahead and rate it like I said, love these characters. They're so outrageous. I just... I'm thinking Leota Adebayo is going to be my favorite character of this series, but there's so many good ones, and they build on each one, and you find out more of each one's story as it goes along. I'm so invested in the show. I want to keep watching it. I want more episodes quicker, and I like having the, the wait a week for them because it I've got so many shows that I do watch, it makes it easier to get through everything and not feel like I have to, but I am very anxious for the next episode. I'm going to give this a good 3.75. It's I'm really enjoying it. There's got room to go up, but I think it's a really, really good show. So, what did you think, Paul? It was cute. I'll continue to watch it. Um, a lot of funny things in it that actually made me laugh out loud. It's like whenever John Cena showed up to that restaurant with that damn helmet on. <laughs> Everybody's like looking around going, 
why have you got that damn helmet on, you know? <laughs> it's like, dude, take off the helmet. Why can't you wear normal clothes to go out to eat? And I was like, yeah, you show up in that outfit. So, yeah, it's like he's so cornball-y. But anyways, um, I could see John Cena being that way in, in real life for some reason. I could see him being that way. But anyway, I enjoyed it. It's cute. 3.25. Well, and you also get the John Cena and his tidy whities again. Holdover from the Suicide Squad film. And also a full side nudity whenever he's playing that girl. It's like it's full side blown nude scene. You just can't see his goober in it, but the rest of him, he's buck naked in it. Whether that's real or not, whether it's a body devil, I don't know, but anyways, who knows? Yeah. And that does it. Like I said, I will be watching the Podly podcast and definitely will be continuing to watch this. A new episode coming on Thursday this week. I'm definitely hooked on the show. So. And as I said, next week we will be watching Obsessive Love free on YouTube, or on Tubi rather, not YouTube. Might be on YouTube, but it is currently available on Tubi according to Google so I'm hoping that Google is right but after reading about it tonight I definitely want to see that oh and the soap opera star that she is infatuated with is Simon McClurkendale and if you don't know Simon McClurkendale he was Manimal oh okay so, makes me want to watch it even more now. Lainey Kazan is in it. So, I'm hooked already. Sounds like a really good story. It's got some good actors in it. And I'm, I'm knowing what I'm getting into because it is a TV movie. But some of them are really, really good. Like... The Meeps story, The Hiding of Anne Frank, was a TV movie that CBS did, and it was fantastic. Yeah. I want to say Mary Steenburgen was in it. But let me look that up real quick. Because, and that was something else. I, I need to see if I can find it, but the I almost forgot. The, they did a thing on 60 Minutes about a book that's come out on who betrayed Anne Frank. And I don't know if you are like me, but I really loved the book, Anne Frank. I've never read the book, but I'm very familiar with her story because I've watched it so much on um, the educational station. So... Um, you know, and also in history, the History Channel, uh, they they showed her her story a lot, and um, they did show. Um, I've seen interviews with the ladies that were actually played in the that actually was not played, but actually was in the Holocaust camps with Anne Frank, and talked about if she had just lived two more weeks, or maybe it's one more, it was one more week. And that's whenever the Allied troops rescued them. Yeah, it was. And she died. She died one week before she got rescued. And I don't think she was gassed. I think she 
if I'm not mistaken, she, she died, died of, of dysentery and bugs and everything else. She was basically just yeah. her, her health. Her health just was so bad. And that's one of the things watching the Band of Brothers when they liberate the camp. That is one of the hardest scenes to watch. Like I bawled watching it where they were liberating the camp and I mean those those actors looked emaciated like they really oh, had yeah. gone through all that and then they made the statement that they couldn't let them eat too much because it would kill them because they'd been starved for so long they'd been and, starved for so long they had to feed them just like little nibbles at a time to get them built back up um, I did I look it up the, the meat story it was called The Addict The Hiding of Anne Frank I believe it aired on CBS it was Mary Steenburgen playing Meat Geese. And that would be another one if if I can ever find it again. I would like to see it. There, I'm a huge... I love watching World War II stories, especially when they're good. And this one I thought was really good. But what were you getting ready to say? I want to go to Germany to see Auschwitz. I want to go there to see these death camps. For some reason... I want to go see this to see it myself personally. I want to see it. I want to go see the secret annex where they actually hid. Yeah, I want to go to Amsterdam and see that as well. Tour that. So, yeah. I want to see all this. I just, I can't imagine having to have lived through that and, and they lived there for I think a couple years before they were caught. It was two years, yeah. And I mean, it's just she grew up, she matured, because I think she got her period when she was in the attic. The first time, I'm, I can't remember for sure. Yeah. I know she discusses it in the diary. And. And again, if you've not read The Diary of Anne Frank, I highly recommend it. And the story of how it didn't get destroyed is just amazing, too, because the soldiers that came to take them ransacked the place, stealing everything. They thought her diary was pointless, so they left it behind. It's Otherwise, they left it. it would have been burned, and we would not have they had the story. It. Wouldn't have never known anything about this. But, but yeah. And with that, we will end. Um, again, Peacemaker available on HBO Max. Don't Look Up is on Netflix. And Naomi is available on the CW, free with ads on their app. So if you get a chance, watch those. Any final words, Paul?
COVID tests and also free N95 masks. So there's there's sources for that. Look it up online to see if you can get see um, local drug stores and places like that for the N95 mask. And also um, you can sign up online for free for free for for free for for tests to be sent to your home. So I already sent already got that sent up. Um, signed up for that to come out to my house. Did you get signed up for it, Chris? I did not. I got the link. I'll send it over to you. Well, it's, it's free. Isn't it the instant test, too? Yeah, it's that one that gets and, sent out to your house. And see, that's one issue I have with it, is the instant test is not extremely reliable. Well, it's the home test, so... But... Real real quick, I did look it up. The Attic, The Hiding of Anne Frank was originally aired on CBS. And Google is showing a link to watch it on YouTube. So we might have to watch that in the next couple weeks. And see if memory serves correctly, because I did watch it in 1988 and I've not seen it since. But I really enjoyed it when I watched it in 1988, so... Okay, I got that link being sent over to you right now for those pre-COVID tests. I think it just came because my phone buzzed. Yep. But anyways, if you've got the N95, you definitely want to wear it because they are now suggesting the N95s to combat because it is much more effective. The only issue is the N95s are paper and... I know one of the nurses I work with said she researched it and found that the virus only lives for, it cannot live more than 72 hours. So if you have three masks, wear one one day, wear one the next day, wear one the next day, and then go back to the one if you have to keep reusing them so that you space them out. I don't know how you clean a paper mask. I don't know if you can bake it or anything i have not researched well, that see i've got those reusable you know surgical top masks that everybody wears but mine are black and i use one and i throw it away use one throw it away yeah i mean that's away. what they're those designed for masks. they're Do they're I? designed to be discarded after one use yeah. but financially most people can't do that so the N95s are more expensive. I, I've got some of those at work, so um, I bought a hundred of them, and I paid out the wazoo for those things too. And there's also you have to make sure it's fit properly. You have to make sure the seal's tight. I mean, it's as a man, if you have facial hair, it can break the seal on it, so it's not as effective. So I mean, there's there's well, a lot to look into. Any mask. Is going to give you more protection than no mask. I mean, it is. Um, And besides the YouTube, Google also says The Hiding of Anne Frank is streaming on Hallmark Movies. So, I don't know what the quality is on YouTube. I don't know if Hallmark Movies is available on anything, but you may have to... I ain't about to download no Hallmark movie crap to my phone. Yeah, but I'm telling you, The Attic of the Hiding of Anne Frank is really good. But with that, I mean, we'll... I watch it, but I don't like Hallmark. I just don't. It's cheesy. Well, they're they're TV movies that they make, or they. I think part of the problem with their movies is they make way too many of them, way too fast. 
And so they all end up being the same movie recycled. It's just like everybody talks about the Hallmark Christmas movies, how good they are. I just can't bring myself to do it. I just can't bring myself to It's getting ready to die. We've got less than a minute, so we'll end here. So until next week, goodbye, everybody.